You can find them on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. It's the Caffeinated and Confused Podcast with Hannah and Sam. That's a very confusing time for any young lady. Well, hey, it's Hannah, and we will have a new episode of Caffeinated and Confused tomorrow. Sam had some family stuff today, so we're going to be recording the new episode tomorrow. However, uh, I'm super excited to be posting this episode because there's a brand new episode of Songland tonight. It is the season finale, and there's a guy, JT Roach, who's actually going to be on it. He's a Wisconsin dude. We actually have like the same group of friends uh, in college and whatnot. So I've been following his career for a while. When I saw he was going to be on Songland, I kind of geeked out a little bit, and I was like, we got to get him uh, on the podcast, on air, all that stuff. So I actually got to talk to him this morning. The episode airs tonight. I'm going to play the conversation for you right now. I just want to let you know I did not know how to work the phone. So he had to call me. That's just, you know, my life. I'm an embarrassing human. So here it is. JT Roach going to be on the finale of Songland tonight. Do not miss it. Hi, is this Hannah? This is. Hi, how's it going? Good. I'm such an idiot. I don't know how to work this phone system. Oh, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. I used to work in radio stations when I was in college, and I never knew how to do half that stuff. I know. They're like, you need a code to call out or something? I'm like, who? No. Why would anyone make it so difficult to call someone <laughs> with a radio station? Like, shouldn't we make that easier? Yeah, I completely agree. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, but here we are. We're good. We Just are. Go. We're here. Today is the big day. Are you excited? I'm super excited. Yeah, it's it's been really just a wild experience and I'm super excited. I can only imagine I'm super excited. I mean, we have a lot of the same mutual friends, so I've been seeing all the love being thrown your way on social media and it's getting me so hyped. But like, how long did you have to keep this a secret? Because you just started posting about it not too long ago. So did you tape this a while back? Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I, I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about that. Um, but it's been, it's been a little while, so it's, I'm happy that it's airing now. Yeah, I bet. I'm the worst, like, when something exciting happens to me, it's pretty much impossible to hold that in, so I can't even imagine not being able to talk about it. Yeah, not being able to talk about it is definitely one of the hardest things about the whole show, is just trying to keep my mouth shut, and, um, you know, but the, the whole thing was such a positive experience, and, um, you know, NBC and like the whole staff and like the other writers and just everybody is just so cool. You know, it was just such an amazing thing. It just, it kind of just doesn't feel like real, you know, I feel it, it just feels like a dream that I'm having, you know? Yeah. Did you um, like, when you walked into the room, did you just straight up black out? You know, there's so much nervousness and anticipation that, um, you know, to perform my song, I just, you know, I used to be a basketball player and an athlete and I kind of, saw it as like shooting free throws you know I just went over the song as many times as I possibly could and you know on the mornings when I had to perform I um just you know did vocal warm-ups and got ready really early and just you know I just treated it like it was a sports event which is what it felt like to me it's just so much adrenaline and so much anticipation and you know all these things run through your head of how it could go and yeah, tonight everybody's going to see what happened, which will be really fun to watch. I'm really excited to watch. I am so excited, and I'm obsessed with the show. I can't, I can't actually believe that it's taken them this long to make a show about songwriting because it's know, such a crazy thing that I feel like people don't understand that not all artists. I mean, I feel like a lot of the artists that have been on the show this season, they do write their own music, but there are so many songs out there that people don't even know the artist didn't write. So it's so cool that they're right. kind of highlighting the songwriters now. Right. It's a, I mean, 
everything is so transparent now with social media. It's just it's becoming clear to people. Okay, maybe Justin Bieber isn't writing all of his own songs. Maybe Katy Perry doesn't write all of her own songs. You know, and getting to know the people behind the scenes making the music and actually writing the songs and producing them out is one of the most thrilling parts of of learning about the songs and it's super inspiring to see how they come together and you know the humility that it takes in the industry to um you know have the patience for those right records to come about um and just how impressive it is when people like tedder and shane mcnally and esther dean um and jason evigan um to just see how their brains work and how these songs come together it's really it's like magic it really is like magic those moments where a song goes from an idea of a big record to that sounds like a big record and millions of people will hear that you know and you see that happen on the show it's just so wild to witness and now everybody can watch it and see it and um the show just got renewed for a second season so um you know everybody will be seeing more of it I'm so excited. Yeah, Shane McAnally. I mean, the amount of songs that that dude has been a part of is just crazy. It's absurd. It's so crazy. He's he's so blatantly just an incredible writer. You know, I when I was in college, I used to cover songs on YouTube, and I covered um, this Kenny Chesney song called Somewhere With You. And I was, you know, when I was auditioning for the show, and I saw, okay, Shane McAnally. I was like, Shane McAnally. He's like, I love all these songs. I used to cover this Tony Chesney song, and that was one of his big breakthrough hits. Um, and then after Dean did the Super Bass and Rude Boy for Rihanna, oh, so and um, Jason Evigan did um, uh, Girls Like You from Maroon Five, one of the best songs of the year. Good Things Fall Apart for Elenium and John Bellion, which is an, another one of the most amazing records of the year, probably the record of the year in my opinion. Um, so he's incredible, and it's just. It's so wild to just like go in a room and play for all these people and just and just know, know that now they know who you are. I think that would be the coolest yeah. thing. Like, oh my god, they know who I am and they like yeah. liked what I did. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's super super wild. It's it's an incredibly vulnerable experience, but um, you know, it's a it's a shot that a lot of people in the industry would just kill for. You know, and um, yeah, everybody's gonna see tonight how how it went down and. You know, I'm really proud to be a part of this whole show, and I'm super grateful to like everyone involved. Um, so it's been it's been quite a ride. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and I did want to talk just because I feel like in any artist that comes through who's a songwriter, I've met plenty of songwriters. I just feel like it's truly like a gift that I mean, obviously not everyone can do it. So at what point did you decide that is what you were going to do, or did you know that you could do that? Right. I think it initially started as like a gradual building of confidence, you know, because I, you know, everyone they, when they start out, you know, unless I don't, I don't know, there's flukes sometimes. I guess people who just sing amazingly off the bat, but for me, I definitely was terrible when I started, and people told me I was terrible when I started. But if you really love making music and writing music and singing music and performing music and talking about music with people, you know, whether it's music or whether it's any other craft you know, you eventually just start to take on the lifestyle of someone who loves it. And it turns in from, it turns from you becoming a fan of music to being somebody who other people can be a fan of. And I remember reading this book um, by Stephen Pressfield called The War on Art. And I was living in Chicago, working for um, The Onion. Um, and I, I loved my job there, but I, I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. I was reading this book called The War on Art. And 
the main thesis of the book is essentially if there's something that you have a passion for, you should go for it and you should stop listening to the voices that tell you that you can't do it because you really can. You know, it sounds cheesy, but if you really put your mind and you treat something like a job, it can become your job. And so that was a turning point for me because I told myself, okay, like if, you know, I'm, you know, relatively young and I can take this risk now, um, why not just move to California, take the shot, and if I fall on my face, so be it. But I might as well just go balls to the wall and try to make it happen. And um, I think that was the turning point for me where I started treating it like a job and I started treating it like it was a nine-to-five and spending as much time as I could doing it. And, you know, eventually you turn little corners and you start to go, okay, this sounds pretty good. Or, you know, this person said, you know, I was capable of this. Maybe I am capable of this. And you start to set goals for yourself. You start to figure out how to take small steps to reach those goals. And as soon as you can visualize small steps towards achieving a goal is when it starts to become real. And I feel like that's when I started doing that. And it's pretty, it's pretty wild to just see the progression. It definitely doesn't happen overnight. I've been doing this for 10 years and I've been in LA for five years. So it's, it's just, you know, it's wild. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you always regret not trying, but you won't regret trying. So it's like, if you right. never would have gone to L.A., you'd probably still be sitting here wondering, like, what could have happened. Totally. And the fact that you did it and it's worked is um, pretty crazy because that doesn't, you know, happen for everyone. So that's awesome. Just so well, you grew up in Wisconsin, right? So just a Wisconsin boy living his dreams. Yeah, definitely just a Wisconsin dude living his dreams in L.A. And, um, you know, the whole experience has been surreal. Um, but, yeah, just um, – very much a Wisconsin boy. I was born in Madison, lived here my whole life until, uh, you know, I spent a little bit of time in the Twin Cities. I went to the University of St. Thomas for my freshman year of college, and then I transferred back to UW-Madison for my sophomore year. Um, uh, worked at my dad's company in Madison for a couple of years, moved to Chicago for half a year, and then, you know, I, I just couldn't shake my love of music and my desire to make that my life somehow, mm-hmm. and I had a couple friends who were living in LA and who were making things happen and I was just envious. And so I just, you know, I, I went home for six months, saved some money and just went out to LA, no plan whatsoever, just threw everything in the car. Um, first six months in LA were brutal. didn't really make any progress. Ended up living in a hallway for two years. My friends just let me crash in their hallway. So I put twin mattress in their hallway and wrote, you know, 500 plus demos out of a walk-in closet in their house. And then, you know, slowly have been making progress out there, but it's, it's definitely a really tough industry and it's not the kind of thing where you just walk into LA and people, you know, hand you your seat at the music industry table. You know, you got to really work, work out there. But, um, I feel like that's just the most classic, like someone wanting to be in the music industry story ever writing music in a hallway with your mattress. That's amazing. Total music hippie. I'm definitely have did the entire music hippie thing, like house full of musicians, all trying to make it and learning from each other and just, you know, living on ramen noodles. Like I, I did that for years. And, <laughs> I think we, um, we've all been in the ramen noodle diet at some point. Yeah. I mean, I still love ramen noodles, you know, <laughs> they're great, <laughs> but maybe not the healthiest choice you could possibly <laughs> make for your regular everyday diet. Probably not. Yeah. Um, so I see that you've actually, you've worked with some pretty amazing people before the show too. Who is the person that you've like fangirled over working with the most so far? Right. Oh, man. You mean on the show or just in, in just general? Like in, just in your career in general so yeah. far. 
You know, it's uh, one of the cool things about Songland is that it really glorifies the writers and producers that you wouldn't normally know. And honestly, some of the people that I admire most and who I've been most excited to be in rooms with are my peers who are songwriters and producers in the industry. Um, and, um, you know, I, I look back on like some of the sessions and some of the moments that I've had, and it's really just talented people. You're like, man, this person is incredible at what they do. I'm so lucky to be in a room with them. Um, you know, I've, I've written with uh, one one session in particular I, I was in with this girl, Jessie Reyes, who is an incredible singer-songwriter artist, kind of like a Colombian Amy Winehouse. She's just got an amazing voice. And then this guy, Prince Charles, who writes for um, Rihanna and Beyonce. And then this other guy named Jerm. Um, I was in a room with all three of them. I was like, wow, wow these people are just incredible. Um, and, and just some of the people that I work with every day are just super inspiring to me. And, you know, um, one of my co-writers who uh, is on the song, I have two producers on the song and a, and a co-writer on the original demo that I'm singing on Songland. And one of my co-writers, Ken and Kevin Fisher, we've been through a lot together. We've written a, a ton of songs together, and we've be- definitely both seen highs and lows for each other. You know, we've both had days together where we're like, dude, I think I'm just going to move home and quit because I'm out of money and I can't do this and I can't handle this psychologically. And, you know, we've seen therapists and you just, you see some dark times and we've been through that together. So having a shot to play our song on national television and to pitch it to one Republic is just such an opportunity for both of us. And it's just a fun thing to, you know, lift your spirits in a tough industry. So it's been really, really cool to go through that with them. For sure. And to be able to perform it in front of Ryan Tedder, who I I feel like is arguably one of the most talented humans on the planet. Like just seeing him yeah. live is insane. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. He's Ryan Tedder is incredible. Um, obviously somebody that I've really looked up to, um, not only for his songwriting, but for his artist career with One Republic as well. You know, I'm the kind of guy who I would love to write music for other people and also write and release my own music under the name JT Roach. And He's somebody who's really paved the way for guys like me, where it's like, I don't know if people can release their own music and write for other people. It's like, well, Ryan Tedder's doing it, so you, you could do it. You yeah. Know? So it's just pretty surreal to get put on this episode where I'm pitching to him because he's definitely somebody who I've looked up to, admired, and whose career I've modeled mine after for years now. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely not an episode to miss tonight if anybody's watching. Absolutely not. And it's the finale. I mean, you get the big finale yeah. episode. Did you know that it was yeah. going to be the finale or no? No, I did not know. I did not know it was going to be the finale. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's going to be it's crazy. Incredible that it, it's incredible that it's the finale. So. Oh, well, we're so excited. I'm, I've been watching the show religiously all season, so I am so stoked for you. And I've been following, you know, your journey for a while just through mutual awesome. friends. So I am very happy for you. I cannot wait to watch and um, I can't wait to see what happens with the rest of your career from here on forward. You and me both, homie. Thank you so much. <laughs> you got cool. it. Have fun tonight. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Later. I mean, come on. He could not have been nicer. I'm so happy for the guy. Super talented. So be sure to be watching. Again, that is Songland. It is the finale tonight. That guy, JT Roach, going to be performing a song. Hopefully, One Republic is going to pick it. And release it. I'm going to geek out so hard if he actually wins, which we don't know until tonight. So be sure to be watching Songland. And again, a new regular episode of Caffeinated and Confused will be up tomorrow.